it says right on the back of the circuit board, F, couple of symbols, <laughs> K, U, China, made in USA, <laughs> it's printed on every circuit board. Y'all, Bankshift Billy, Mr. Bill Armstrong is a total badass. Listen, the uh, the stories that we're about to get into are great, but the product he's developed is awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. We're going to dive deep into that stuff. But tonight is the first in a series of what we're going to call the business of burnouts, which is people like Bill Armstrong, who are obviously involved in the per performance aftermarket, um, guys that do events, host events, you know, create products like what we're going to talk about in a little bit uh, with Bankshift Billy and all of that. And so this is going to be an entire series that we're going to keep going with. I uh, have always been super interested in how people develop products, how people bring those to market. And then, you know, what what's it like to build something for people and put it out there in the world and and it sell, you know, like you sell your first one. You're like, holy shit, we've got stuff <laughs> in the world. Somebody in another state that's not a friend of mine bought my product. You know what I mean? So, it's, so I'm excited to go through terrifying. some of that. <laughs> yeah. I will say that uh, this is the first uh, real interview in the series of the business of burnouts. This is a, uh, a new deal for us. I've always, like I said earlier, I've been super interested in learning the story, letting the product developers, owners of shops tell their stories. And obviously uh, we're going to dig in a little bit deep here. This is a, a super cool product and we're going to get into it right now. But first, uh, Destroyer 1320 made this for us. So we got it. So that's too cool. I really appreciate him. That's if awesome. you guys want something like that, uh, reach out my destroyer 1320 at gmail.com. Uh, you can get that kind of stuff. Tell them the story of Bankshift Billy today. This is going to be exciting. <laughs> so I'll give just a quick recap for folks that weren't here in the beginning. Um, the series, the business of burnouts. Uh, we're basically going to talk to people that live and breathe the performance automotive. We'll dive deep into how and why they got started how products are developed or discovered, you know, if they sell stuff um, and how they market those products and what the future looks like for their business. So why don't you just start out and tell everybody where they can find more info about Bankshift Billy, like websites, okay. social media, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So um, the website is just the Bankshift Billy. Oh, wait a minute. No, see, I don't even know it. <laughs> it's just uh, bankshiftbilly.com. Cool. So there's links to the videos. Um, there's a YouTube channel called, um, the bank shift Billy, uh, Instagram bank shift Billy. Um, and it's just videos, kind of an introductory, kind of a funny, goofy video. Yes. It's hilarious. Introducing dude. It. <laughs> it is hilarious. I love it. I was, I was at work watching it dying. It was good. So stuff. there's some intro videos and, and, um, we make it a lot more, but it really talks about the digital clutch controller, kind of how it started and everything. And so basically in a nutshell, what the bank shift really is, this is the shirt. I can figure out the yeah. camera's backwards. See, but that's the logo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
It's a, it's a digital clutch control device that allows a diaphragm style clutch to operate like a slipper clutch at the drag strip and you adjust it with an app on your phone. Dude, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and, and what's crazy is like you developed it. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. so we can, I can take the laptop and we could go down into the laboratory. Oh my God. Let's go. Let, I let's can show go. You the, okay. Yes. <laughs> so I, I will say while he's walking, um, the, his YouTube channel is really good. He's got a couple really funny videos on there. Um, how kind of, you know, uh, I will say bank shift Billy is a, a character on there that is hilarious. Um, but it, it gives a really good demonstration of what, what it is, how it works, uh, some in-depth knowledge, you know, kind of on that, on that setup. So definitely go subscribe to the channel. Uh, obviously, obviously do that. And here's where we are. Okay. This is so the, here's lab. the laboratory. Is that an old and you'll TV see some stand? of this in the video too. <laughs> Where? I was going to say, it looked like an old TV stand know. or a desk or something <laughs> that you work on, your workbench there. Oh, yeah, it's just an old, it's an old desk. Yes. Um, let me see if I can do this with the camera. So this is actually the clutch, the McLeod clutch that I went 890s on right here. So this is a test fixture that I built. So you can kind of see that. Back here we have just a regular, it's a Willwood clutch, master cylinder here. Um, goes into the hydraulic portion of it. So you just come out of the master cylinder into this and then out of the master cylinder to this. I have a pressure gauge here just for testing purposes, not necessary because yeah. I didn't know how many, how much PSI was involved in a hydraulic clutch. And I can tell you this one has, I don't know, 20, 2,500 pound pressure plate, something like that. And it's only 300 pounds of pressure. So it's, it's a lot less wow. than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but you go into that and then, and then here we've got the Bluetooth controller. Um, and we developed this. So this is a circuitry that you connect to with your phone. And um, I could, we can try to show you the app a little later. I'm going to set okay. this down okay. and see, see if I can put this in a spot where you can, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this. If you go to the video on the YouTube page, you can totally yep. see it. But when you plug this in, you'll get an LED light here showing power. Um, and we'll see if this will work. So I don't know if you could see it. Yeah, we, we could definitely hear it for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that'll be a great. It, will, will you point out kind okay. of what, what they're going to be looking for? Yeah, so this is a hydraulic release bearing here. Yeah, see. Oh, there. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see when you push it, you get this gap. This is releasing the clutch. Now, when you dump it, see it's holding and then releasing. So that's, without getting too detailed, when you go to flip a clutch, it's going to approach a bite point. So like the first three inches of the clutch pedal aren't going to do anything. The last um, one inch is what we need to control. So on the app, it will help you figure out what that bite point is where the clutch starts to bite or start to engage. And then um, you're going to go 
into the bite point a little more so with the app you can control in milliseconds how long the couch pedal free flow free you know releases and then it stops and that's what you're seeing there is it's hitting the bite point and then holding it there for how long you want to slip the clutch and then it's releasing so like that it's holding it there and then it releases so that's really what it would be like right there and you can see the very small gap um, but that's all prefaced by so here's the clutch pedal here and here's the switch that releases as soon as you release the clutch pedal it's hard to do holding a laptop and everything but when you release it that's when it starts the timer and then you dial it in to slip the clutch so what what I found and, and and another thing too that Adam Dory helped helped with is on the clutch controller. Mm -hmm. This is also a 12 volt output. So when that thing is doing its thing, it's also outputting 12 volts. You could run it to a um, a light. In some applications, you could run that to a two step. So the two step will shut off as soon as the clutch controller is done doing its thing. Um, so there's lots of applications for it. And I can tell you that we're working on, yes, it's a slower release yep. than just popping it. But the difference is, um, you know, there are some clutch controller devices out there like Magnus makes a hydraulic one that's adjustable with a pencil valve. And I've experimented with those and it works, it can work really well. Of course, we've probably all heard of the clutch tamer and that physically mounts to the clutch pedal um, and releases it. Um, <clears throat> the challenge with that one is it works really well on a car that, uh, you know, makes five, 600 horsepower, mm -hmm. um, but it modulates the clutch unless you hook up some kind of special linkage so the thing drops away after the launch. But um, <clears throat> you have to mount the whole assembly under the dash. And a guy that just spent 60, 70,000 on a Corvette or a Camaro or a Viper or something like that, he's not going to want to cut up his dash to do. Yeah. It's basically a hydraulic adjuster for a screen door. Um, and they work really well. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but I'm not, but I'm not going to cut open my dash to put that in there. Yeah. Um, and then the Magnus one, it works really well too. But the problem is, is it modulates the entire stroke of the clutch pedal, which is mm -hmm. fine for race week. But if you want to go bracket race, how are you going to cut a light when it's slowing down your clutch release? Yep. Like how do you, you go to launch and then it's going to take time. Yep. So with this, you still launch it with the clutch. It's going to release as fast as you can. You just sidestep it and it'll yep. go right to the bite point. It'll hold it there for, you know, however long you a second, one second to whatever. And then, and then it will release. And if you look at the videos on the Insta on Instagram, I have a couple of videos of with it and without it from the same exact day. And you'll see the difference. Like literally without it, it's so freaking violent. The side windows of the car are shaking. Yep. The tire just boom, it bounces. And, yep. you know, over the years I've upgraded the suspension and shocks. I finally went with Mensers, which they're not inexpensive. They don't give those babies away <laughs> um, because I had QA ones and, they just couldn't control the rear end because it was driving yep. the tire so hard into the ground that it would bounce and then it would spin. Yep. And um, 
with the clutch controller, everything is so much softer that I probably could get away with the QA1s now. But I have Mensers. Yeah. And and I actually did the fastest 60 foot of the week on air shocks. So maybe my Mensers are a little <laughs> bit tight. Yeah. <laughs> but, if anybody can find somebody that's gone, um, how fast did you go on air shocks? 916 at 163. Yeah. If anybody can find anybody that's been faster, not your uncle that had a car in the 70s uh, that's been faster on air shocks, please tell us. <laughs> with a stick, with a stick. Yeah, yeah. But at, at any rate, um, so, so what I found, it's there's three things that happen with a stick car. Um, and, and the videos outline this really clearly, but you're either going to spin the tires, it's going to bog if you have traction and you don't launch it. It's going to and then accelerate through. So the the data curve is going to be like you're on the two step and then it does this huge bog and then yeah. it just has to recover and climb out of that. Yeah. Ideal flipper clutch looks like this and it's like an automatic. It just goes up to the gear change on the, the bank shift Billy. And it's an in-between. It's not going to work on a maximum effort stick car. You're still going to be better off with the flipper clutch, yeah. but dual purpose car where you're going to drive it on the street that data log i've got some that do assimilate that curve it's not as smooth but yep. it makes a huge difference um so you're either going to spin the tires bog or brake parts those are the three things that are going to happen <laughs> when you slip the clutch the motor is maintaining power it's also uh, if it's a boosted car the boost is building it's not going away um and like i said uh my car went from like it had run a handful of nine Oh passes. Um, one of the race weeks that went a nine Oh two and that was the quickest it would go. As soon as I put the clutch controller in there, the car was running consistent eights and then it went eight seventies. I mean, every, we handed uh time slips in at every track and Midwest drags and they were all eight second passes. That's crazy. So that is crazy. I, 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 it's super exciting for me because I mean, it's, it took three and a half years to get to this point with it. Um, and it's been a lot of time and frankly, a lot of money invested. I mean, I'm not an electrical engineer. I'm not a software coder. I don't know how to build a circuit board. So I've had to hire people to help with this stuff, but, yep. and I've had to educate them because a lot of these guys, they don't know anything about a car and racing yep. and I have to explain how the clutch works and what I want it to do. And, and, and we're there and there will be constant revisions in it. And I can tell you, the clutch control I just showed you downstairs is version 1.0. We're currently working on 2.0 for newer cars. It will plug into the OBD2 port. It will what? get all the data. It will get all the data that it needs from the CAN bus network. Because right now, I'm using the Holly only to trigger it, which basically it provides a 12 volt signal to it. And then when you release the clutch, the 12 volt signal goes away. But on the Holly, and you can set this up on a carbureted car but on the holly the way i have it set up is and you could do this with any aftermarket ecu but it needs to see three parameters before it will send that 12 volt signal to the bank shift billy it needs to see miles power less than three it needs to see tps i have it set above 90 percent and the clutch pedal has to be pressed once one of those three goes away it drops a 12 volt signal and it never comes back because when you make a pass your miles per hour goes up over three miles an hour, hopefully, <laughs> and it won't trigger it again. So it only works on the launch. It doesn't work on subsequent shifts down the track. That, that's that's a big question I, I had earlier. And I actually, I sent you a message. I'm like, hey. Uh, you did, yeah. How about this? And, 
And I think that's pretty neat. My immediate thought is the all-wheel drive guys, you know, like a, like my thoughts, DSM, you know, Mitsubishi 4G63 cars that are all-wheel drive, first and second gen eclipses. You know, those cars to make power, you know, they run oh. a huge, huge turbo. And you, know, and you forgot of, to mention the Subaru crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah those guys too. So, <laughs> I, well, and I'll tell you what, I sold Mitsubishi for like five years as the Evo came out. So like Evo is life. Uh, STI, eh, it's okay. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Um, Sean Abetti, who took second place last year in the stick shift class because I broke, uh, like we really broke it. The, it was bad. And that was the first race week I never finished. Um, but he finished second place. He's got a badass uh, Subaru. It runs bottom nines. Um, yeah, which is insane. Um, he has a prototype of this and was going to run it this year for race week, had some issues leading up to race week, and then unfortunately didn't finish. But I'm very hopeful that we're going to get some data for that. Yeah. And, and I really think, I think the, um, you know, I tried to do a bunch of research and stuff before I pulled the trigger on just flushing all this money away to, to <laughs> design this thing. Yep. I tried to get an idea what the market size is. It's really hard to know what that is, but I honestly think the import crowd may be one of the biggest customers of this. And the reason being is they don't, nobody makes a slipper clutch that I'm aware of for any of those imports. Oh, wow. And so like, like all the fast Honda guys, you know, like that, that's what kills those cars is the hard launch and axles, you know, so this yep. will help an axle live a little longer too. Yeah. So they've got, um, you know, they've got, you know, multi-disc, super aggressive clutches and they're, they're using the Magnus steel They're using the clutch tamers, those types of things to modulate yeah. that clutch so much. Um, but I feel like, and that's one of the things like with an adjustable slipper clutch, like they're awesome. You set the base pressure, you got to do the counterweights. You do all that through a hole this big in the bell housing under the car. But when you get in the lanes and it gets hot and you can see the cars in front of you, blowing the tires off tracks going away you're kind of stuck with the tune-up that you put in the clutch in the pits yep. the bank ship billy you can say oh you know i need to soften up the hit a little bit you can just make that change in an app on your phone right there in the lane. <laughs> that's wild All buckled in so so yeah it's it's super exciting like yeah it's been quite a quite a journey because the premise of it is to make this as much as i can in the united states because yep. i love this country and Frankly, a lot of the issues we have are because years ago we started outsourcing stuff and yep. now we see like, like penicillin is a perfect example. We, we had a huge need for it. Well, we constantly do. And then when the whole, when COVID hit and we stopped importing stuff from China, it was like 80% of our whole penicillin production comes from overseas. Yep. Why the heck aren't we making that stuff here? And it yep. all comes down to the dollar. Like, like it's, it's penicillin. It's not like it's some crazy thing, you know. Like, it's, well, Christ, it wasn't. It was created here. Yeah, it was created in this country by was it Sock, Doctor Sock, or something in the forties? Something like that. Yeah, I don't something know. like that. And um, yeah, it's just frustrating to me. As a matter of fact, if you guys haven't seen some of the Instagram posts, um, and I could go grab one of the circuit boards, but it says right on the back of the circuit board, F, couple of symbols, <laughs> K, U, China. <laughs> Made in USA, <laughs> it's printed on every circuit board. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so, so that that leads me into 
um, you know, a lot of times folks will use China once they have, or uh, Taiwan or one of the other countries, oh. you know, where people work for $2 a week um, because they have the system sorted, right? The, what are some of the, the struggles? Or, well, let's back up. What is the benefit, obviously, other than supporting local hardworking Americans? Um, yep. What's another benefit to use like U.S., based you know like to to have u.s based companies build that well i get to put a few china on the circuit board so that's pretty cool <laughs> that's the number one that's number one <laughs> no so so and i'll tell you i mean there are bits and pieces some of the parts that we source like the hydraulic pieces they're commercially available stuff mm-hmm. but as i started looking at it the fittings that i was getting from them they say right on a made in china and they're literally like 65 cents a piece yeah. I refuse to use them. I'm going to be using um, the uh, oh, what are the ones I'm thinking of? <laughs> what are the U.S. made fittings that Motion sells? Um, uh, oh, brain it's fart. not Russell. It's not, it's Russell. not Russell. Who is it? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, maybe, thanks to Motion Works. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so the fittings there, they're like seven bucks a piece. That's a huge piece, and there's two of them. Yeah. So instead of spending a dollar twenty, I'm going to spend fifteen bucks yeah. on two hydraulic fittings, and I'm okay taking a smaller margin Earl's. on the product. Jo- it's not Earl's. It's not Earl's. It's it's another one. Um, Dang it! I'll think of it. Um, <laughs> at come. any rate, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take a smaller. I'll take a smaller margin. To, to support and keep it local. I mean, I just will. Yeah. And I'll be honest, there are some of the electronic parts that I just can't get here. We have to get yeah. them from overseas. It is what it is. Um, yep. But yeah. Yeah. And, and hey, it, it is honestly, what it is for right now. Yeah. I, I think the chip shortage will have a ton to do with our future, um, you know, that, that type of building stuff here in the States. You know, part of it, I don't know how much you've read into that and the chip shortage for the, uh, the automotive no. industry. So part of the problem is, is the technology they're using is so outdated that the chip manufacturers are having to go back in time to build the chips that they need because they haven't really embraced 21st, uh, 21st century electronics technology. Wow. So they're like, you guys, we're having to go back and build um, <clears throat> chips from you guys we were making 20 years ago. That's crazy. In these brand new cars. And it's just they haven't evolved that fast. And granted, the electronic industry involved super quickly in that technology but they're using antiquated stuff antiquated um (laughs) but it just is what it is so that's that's crazy so that's really cool i mean like what are some of the challenges you run into with with running u.s based you know like assembly and and all the part you know all the things that come from that um well it's been fairly easy so uh (laughs) easy is relative Um, (laughs) yeah but like, like, it's just faster. I mean, you know, I would imagine if you try to outsource this, um, you're going to have, you've got to deal with it being shipped from across the ocean. Yep. Uh, there's going to be a communication issue, potentially. Yep. Those types of things, like I can talk to, like the guys that are building the enclosure, they're in Minnesota. And the one I just showed you downstairs, that's the prototype. Um, yep. But yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I sent them one of the boards and I said, this is what I need, this, this, this. They sent me that and we're making a couple of revisions, but it's real close. 
That's um, awesome. And, 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 and with, like yep. you can you can overnight that. You know, you can if you needed to, you could overnight that part to the folks you in could. Michigan and they could overnight it back. And it wouldn't cost you, you $2,000 to get it to somebody in China. Right. And, right. you know, that's part of the other struggle, too, is like there's 70 boats on the water right now, probably more trying to get into the port. You know, like you're yeah. you're there's not 5000 bank shift Billy sitting on that thing and you're going, that's oh, right. my God, that's are we right. going to get here by by Christmas? Right. You know? they're wait, you're waiting for sneakers and, and dildos and stuff to be unloaded before <laughs> your products. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, priorities, yeah. man. Priorities. That's right. That's right. That's right. But um no, and, and it was interesting. So I was sourcing parts from TE Connectivity and, you know, part of their sales thing, you know, and I'm just like, I'm ordering like a handful of things and they're, they're calling me and they're like, Hey, how can we help you? You know, what can we do to help me? I said, well, I said, I need a PCB manufacturer. Um, and uh, I didn't say PCP. I said PCB, like printed circuit board. <laughs> but, I mean, Hey, whatever you're into, bud, whatever right, keeps right. you up developing this product, that's what we need. <clears throat> yeah. So so they came back to me and they said, yeah, this, uh, this advanced circuits deal and, and they're in Aurora, Colorado. And I'm like, did you, did you like basis on where I live? And they're like, no, no, they just ordered tons of stuff from us. So they're like, I mean, Aurora is an hour from me. Yeah. So they asked me for the shipping information. I said, I'm not giving it to you cause I'm picking it up right now. <laughs> yeah. And I drove yeah, don't down. Even, don't and, even put it in the mail. I'm coming. Yeah. And that was super cool to go down there and see their yeah. facility. Like, it's mind blowing the the kind of stuff like I'm running. Our first run was four prototype units, and we had to make a small change. We're going to run four more, and that's super expensive. But I got to make sure it's right. Yep. And once the second run is done, if everything tests out good, then we're all set. I just pull the trigger on. I don't know what that first production run's going to look like. Maybe 500 units. Mm, that's it's really cool. so. So do you, totally, think yeah. do you think you'll do, and this is earlier in the questions that I wanted, but do you think you'll do like a big pre-order? You know what I mean? Like to, so, to kind of help fund some of the. So we already did. Um, we oh, did. Cool. Um, and, and this was on a suggestion from William Fowler, actually. Um, set up the YouTube channel. I created and launched an Indiegogo campaign. If you're not familiar with what Indiegogo is, if you're familiar with Kickstarter, Kickstarter is more designed for um, literary stuff, movies, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Indiegogo is more for products like electric yeah. bikes, cars, coffee makers, that kind of stuff, bank shift billies. Yeah. Um, so we launched an Indiegogo campaign, and that just ended last week. But we had special pre-order pricing on that, and we raised some funds for that. That's great. Uh, to go towards production, and we had T-shirts and stickers and stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Someone, uh, one person bought a t-shirt and I think we had 17 or 18 pre-orders. Two are going to Australia. One's going to New what? Zealand and the rest are in the States. It's crazy. Like it's so cool. <laughs> That's what so, I think that would be the coolest thing about this is like, like this is something that can be used everywhere, you know, like, no. and you start thinking about just the, well, like you've said, you know, just the ramifications of, everyone being able to use it like how, how they can can take that and make their car faster well and it, and honestly there's other markets that have kind of bubbled to the surface that i had never even thought about like for example um lewis floquette with crower they make all kinds of engine parts but they have a huge clutch division and they were oh, like wow. you know what our tractor pull guys might be very interested in this and i'm like 
I don't know anything about tractor pulling, except they blow stuff up all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. All the time. But they run clutches, apparently. I didn't even know. And, no, huh? And, um, you know, I know the stick shift stuff is, from a production OEM type standpoint, is going away. But, and I don't know if it's because I'm more tuned into it, but it seems like stick shift drag racing is really making a comeback. Yeah. Well, I mean, damn, dude. I mean, do, do, you, like, do you see that? you're changing the world like 870 <laughs> passes people are like i gotta get some of that <laughs> i mean it, so he, you know here's the thing like garrett does such a good job of bringing good content to i would say tons of young people okay so dude he's a genius yeah well he's great and, and he's a great dude and he he does mm -hmm. stuff really well his editing is good I, like he's just a good dude right and so when you start thinking about a kid that's 16 years old that gets his dad's Honda Civic or his dad's, I don't know what would be a rear wheel drive manual trans car or truck, you know, that would be something that would be as a Toyota, as, like a Toyota pickup. Yeah. yeah Toyota I mean, like, like if you're a 16 year old and you're watching him, you're, you're upgrading your car, you're putting stuff on it. You're trying to go faster. You're, you're getting into that. And obviously with Leroy being a stick car, that's, I mean, that is a huge car for the stick scene. So then, mm -hmm. you know, you, you obviously followed the trend of like, you know, 1320 covering that car, then 1320 following yours and Rich's car and all of the other stick cars that have come along and been fast. And you put a, you know, a 20 year old in behind the, the behind the steering wheel and a stick. They're like, this is where it's at. This is where it's fun. Mm -hmm. you know and, and so i definitely well, i definitely think this, yeah yeah so well, i definitely, I definitely think it's coming back they don't yeah <laughs> yeah the, the 20 year old decides they don't want to carry a purse <laughs> hey now automatics are generally <laughs> faster <laughs> they are they are but but you gotta have a you gotta have somewhere to put your purse so well I, no, I I mean, I'm, just, he, I'm just kidding i have well, i have so much respect for the the fast auto guys they they have a lot of challenges as well. Hey, too, so. Here's what it says right here. Now, if, if nobody follows uh, Jaws at BNC Performance on Facebook or on YouTube, you need to go do that. Super cool channel. Um, he lives in Hawaii, has a 57 Chevrolet. Um, if you are any, you know, like he says, real hot rods have three pedals. And that's the truth. I mean, <laughs> it, it's always been like that, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. all right. So. I have to ask this question. Where did you even know where to start? Like, I know you probably had the idea of like, how can, how can I do this? But like, I mean, you developed a product out of your brain. How, where do you even start with something like that? So, I mean, I knew what I needed to, I knew what I needed to create, but I just didn't know how to do it from. So I had to cheat and look at Motion's website. It's Fragola is the fish. Ah. The fittings. Yeah. There <laughs> so, you go. Yeah, it's killing me. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> um, so yeah, so so I started thinking about it. And um, so I started looking at um, ways, like I don't want to give away kind of the whole background to it, but yeah. there are there are commercially available um bluetooth devices to control hydraulic stuff like oh, I got you. Okay. all yep. that kind of stuff so i started messing around with that and got involved with that and 
some of the stuff was super awesome, but it couldn't do exactly what I needed. Yep. And I talked to some of these companies and I'm like, here's what I need. It doesn't do this. Can you work with me? Can you customize your app so that I can put my logo on it and we can do this? And maybe I'm an impatient person, but I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I just, I hired, uh, I hired an electrical engineer and I said, this is what I need. Let's make it happen. And, and building the hardware piece wasn't so terrible because we're already using some of the hydraulic stuff that's commercially available and tested millions of cycles and stuff. The coding is what's taken, like no joke, it's mm -hmm. taken over a year to get the coding where it is to make it work. And it's such a simple, in my mind, it's so simple. I'm like, it just yeah. needs to do this when the button releases, hold it. <laughs> and, and I saw a question earlier um, can you change how fast it applies a clutch once the timer is timed out? Um, yes and no. So um, once you're at the slip point, let's just leave it at yes and no. We can kind of go offline to discuss some of the finer details. But uh, there's going to be the, the basic version that you get um, when you order it is going to work just fine. If you want to be able to save your clutch tune-ups because if you're going on a no prep surface on a hard tire, that clutch tune is going to look very, very different than a slick on a heavily prep track. You can get way more aggressive with the clutch. Um, but if you want to save the clutch tune-ups, if you want to get into some of the more advanced functions as far as actually, instead of just a, a delay and hold and then a release, if you want to do a delay and then a ramp down, um, those will be the advanced functions and those will be a subscription type deal. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of what it's, what it's looking like from that standpoint. That's Did that, that answer your question? <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so we talked about benefits, challenges of made in, uh, made in USA. Oh yeah. Here we go. Did you tear <laughs> anything up with early prototypes? <laughs> oh, Oh God. Yes. So, <laughs> Um, race week 1.0 this year. Do you remember Adam Dory's car? Even yep. before race week started, we were replacing the rear end. That's yeah. because we blew up the rear end using oh. Bankship Billy, trying to get it set up in the pits. Um, <laughs> and and that was that was the genesis of it having a 12 volt output because he was using the two step to trigger the Bankship Billy. Well, when we were trying to creep up on the settings, when the clutch got released, it was slipping too much. And then the two-step freaking went to the moon because there was no load. And then the clutch mm -hmm. released and that thing had a fragile rear end in it before. Yep. And then you're, then you're dumping the clutch at 6,500 RPM. <laughs> so it just, that was it. It did it once and it was done. Nice. So they didn't, they didn't use it the rest of the week because we put the other stuff in it and didn't want to risk breaking it. Now he upgraded to the 8.8 .8 deal that's going to be wicked in that and i got them one of the new prototypes for race week but they just ran out of time we didn't get it set up so they weren't yeah. able to test with it um, i'm very hopeful that we'll be able to do some testing with it here before the snow flies yeah. uh, i get down there we get it hooked up and and so forth but yes we've torn some stuff up i've torched a few clutches um <laughs> it's just kind of the way it goes that's um, awesome but but i will say too is I've had multiple conversations with Kale Arneson over at Black Magic Clutches, and he is very behind this he, because, yeah, they sell a lot of clutches. 
he's kind of the guy to go to for slipper clutches. But he recognizes there's a huge demographic of people like myself that don't want to deal with an adjustable slipper clutch. They just don't want to do it at the track. Yep. And and this is a great fit for that. Yep. And then segueing into that, you know, um, I think in the future, I don't know how far out, but I think it's entirely possible that we release a bank shift line of clutches that are really set up for this type of thing. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I've experimented with some, I have a twin disc centered iron clutch in my car and those can be crazy aggressive for the street, but I've experimented with some different disc compounds and I've got one in there that drives really nice other than the squealing when you release it. It drives really nice on the street. It flips awesome with the clutch controller and it'll hold 1300. Well, it'll hold 1500 plus crank horsepower. God, that's awesome. So, and then you could, you could pair that down into a single disc for three, four, 500, 600 horsepower car. Yep. So, so yeah, you know, going to be working with kale on that. I think, uh, I don't think it's unruly for me to say that, that he'll endorse this. Um, that's cool because he sees the possibility for this with yeah. stick shift racing is, is growing. And especially with the, the version two, with it being able to work on, you know, any car that has an OBD two port, um, instead of the Holly <laughs> having crazy. to feed it those, it'll pull that data from the CAN bus and it'll just work. The only thing they'll have to do is plug the valve in and That's... even the power, everything, they'll just plug it in and it'll yeah. work. So that would be pretty cool. neat. And my immediate thought is you can take a guy that let's say uh, picks up a late model muscle car and is going to the track, you know, he could buy this and we'll talk cost in a little bit, but um, you know, he could buy this and go to the track. And I mean, you shaved, what'd you say? Three tenths, four tenths, half a second off your ET. Half a second. I mean, that's crazy. You know? So like he goes out the first time and he's like, you know, he dumps it, it, breaks the axle he's like oh shit he goes back home fixes the axle uh buys this product goes back out drops half a second you know and and i guess half a second yeah half a second is probably the generous side you know i i ran a handful of nine o's and then i went 870 but it was more typical to be in the nine ones nine twos well and you know you start thinking about just the um i'm 40 I haven't daily driven, I daily drive a stick 93 Tercel now. We don't need this part on that. But, uh, you know, daily driving something that is uh, performance oriented, you know, you could then, this this could be a big game changer for a lot of guys that are uh, moderately, you know, going to go to the track, going to make street passes. You know, they're going to, they're going to leave the line at the stoplight having fun. You know, so it's going to help a lot of that type guy that, that maybe not like, I would think your car is kind of like, you're not ragged edge with your setup, but you're a fast, fast car. You know, late eights is very fast. Eight seventies at one sixty five, That's fast. I, I mean, I don't think like we <laughs> talked earlier, people don't understand what, you know, they see 1320 video. Oh man, car makes 1300. Yep. That's what I want. I want to make 1300 horsepower. Dude, it's retarded. You don't want that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and I can tell you like just with mine, cause it used to make like 15 pounds on wastegate. Do anything over about 700 tire on the street. 
with a radial tire, it's just dangerous. Yeah. Like you really have to pay attention because I mean, it, it was really cool. Like I used to be able to do burnouts at 70 miles an hour on the highway yep. and leave stripes. Yep. I don't know why the back tires were out so fast, but yeah, but there were some times too, when I would get on it and, and just about put it into a, you know, concrete wall on the highway. And I'm like, this yep. is just stupid. <laughs> and now I'm going to put, I'm going to put bigger waste gates on it to control it a little more, but now it'll make eight to 10 and it's way more manageable, but it's still a lot. Like, yeah, well, I mean, with people, with your, yeah. I mean, what's eight to 10 probably makes a 900,000, something like that easily. That's probably, crazy. yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't ever want to come across like I'm boasting, but yeah. like people that have a three or 400 horsepower car, you put them in a five or 600 horsepower car, like a Hellcat, dude, that's fast. Yes. I mean, it's yep. all about perspective. An 11 second yeah. street car is pretty insane. Like it yeah. really is. And honestly, in street mode, my car maybe goes 11 something. I don't, yep. I don't even know if it would go tens because it's so traction limited, but <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny cause uh, I think it was stone cypher and I were having this conversation and, and earlier in other podcasts I had asked uh, shop owners like Tumba JP, you know, Jim Parkinson, what, what makes for a fun street car? And like, you know, that's, what you would consider fast on the street. And it's the same thing, seven, 800 horsepower, you know, it's because <laughs> at, at any of that, you've got to have a tire, you've got to have suspension and you've got to have decent brakes. Like you can't yeah. turn loose anybody in a 700 horsepower car and go, Hey, yeah, just want you mat that real quick in second. Cause it's going to blow the tires off and they're going to be spinning and the wheels cock like this and they're going to let out. And then it's just immediately, that direction you know yeah they, they honestly have to work up to it um yep. you know like i said my car made three second jumps from going 16s to 12s or something and at the time i was like oh my god what have i done like it was nuts and then it takes yeah 500 is perfect like yep. 500 tire is a lot yeah and then he says with a stick <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's plenty it's plenty yep so yeah i mean honestly when i drive my car very rarely will it see eight like the tires are pretty much spinning by eight pounds. If you're ever lucky to catch a glimpse of 10, it's because it's just gone, whoa, boom. And it's just yep. like, woo, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And with bigger wastegates, it'll make less boost. It'll probably be even funner. Cause it's yeah, just, you'll, you'll have a little more control. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. So how many of these are currently in, in operation in cars? So mine, obviously mine has one of the first hand-built prototypes. There's one should be up and running at Adam Dory's CTSV. Um, and then Shauna Betty has one in his Subaru, but I don't know that it's hooked up yet gotcha. for getting data. So yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating for me. Um, you know, I, I want to have it in all these cars and get testing and get data, but I, I know how it goes. I mean, you know, they've got to get their entire car ready, not just get my clutch controller in and, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I gave it to them, you know, they're, they're free. Yeah. And Adam is, he's been helpful with a lot of thoughts and ideas, you know, Adam and Rich have been, you know, for years, I, I would sit on the couch and I'd talk to Rich and I'd be like, dude, what do you think about this? Or how about this? You know, and like some of the, some of the main functions of it are because of, because of those guys' input. And yes, it's possible in an old car like yours with the carburetor. You can you yep. can set it up 
and wire it. It's not a, um, not a problem. The key, the key to the setup is the hydraulic clutch setup. Yep. You have to have a hydraulic clutch yep. and you have to install uh, a clutch switch that you can adjust so that you can adjust it right when you release the pedal, that switch opens. And all it needs is you run 12 volts to that and you run that 12 volt signal to the bank shift Billy uh, Bluetooth controller. And as soon as that 12 volt goes away, meaning as soon as you dump the clutch, that's when the whole controller does its thing. That's and if cool. you wire it, if you wire it up through a line lock, so that the line lock has to be pushed and the clutch pedal has to be pushed, you could have your line lock together. And then when you release the line lock button, they're in series. So then it won't work again on subsequent shifts going down the track on an old school car. That's awesome. Yeah. So Stephen yeah. Hicks has a 66 Impala. Um, and so here's what I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, Stephen Hicks and I were supposed to race my old truck against the Impala last year for our Dragon Drive event in April um, that we do for charity. He didn't make it then. Uh, he's going to make it this time. And the race is back on again uh, for bets. We're, we're betting each other, obviously, for donations for the charity. So I'm going to need for him to have one of these bank shift billies because I don't need to have him give any excuse when I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. So, and, and I'm not sure who Jaws at BNC is, but yep. I can go into some more detail. A brake light switch could work, but you need something that's going to be adjustable and highly accurate because that switch needs to be able to be adjusted because we're talking about adjusting it down to the thousandth of a second. And I can tell you that, um, like at Midwest Drags, I made a pass that was like 890s, and I changed the setting in the clutch controller by two thousandths of a second, and the next pass went 870. I mean, that's that's crazy. The amount the amount of just that minute control, and um, like those switches. I mean, would that is that going to be something that'll come as part of like the 2.0 kit or they'll we'll need oh, to source that. So, so the 2.0 kit, any of those newer cars already have an OEM brake or OEM clutch switch that it will utilize. Oh, I got you. It makes sense. Well, so I, the, I was thinking like 2.04, uh, the, for jaws is 57. Like, oh, will, oh, will he so source that, the, yeah, he'll have to source a switch, um, on, on the YouTube channel. If you watch some of those, I'll show a picture of the switch that I put in my car. It's, you know, it's a hundred dollar switch. It's an Omron mm -hmm. switch, but it's super high quality and you can totally adjust it. I mean, it's got a little roller wheel on the end of it. There are yeah, some yeah. lower cost options that you can get and I think they would work, but you really want to set it up. Like the way I set up mine is on the clutch pedal. There is a, um, see, this is so weird cause it's opposite of what I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the clutch pedal, as it as it comes and hits the switch, this rod is a fine thread bolt. So I can I can totally tune that mm. point, and it's fine thread, so it's even more adjustable than a yep. coarse thread. And then you just lock it down with a lock nut, and it's set. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah. uh so you know I mean me I'm always I just put it in D and drive and do burnouts. So it's <laughs> it's really interesting to me how that kind of stuff can uh, can work. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and, and and frankly, what I'm doing with the clutch controller is not any different than what the DCT transmissions like what's in the um, uh, GTR. Mm -hmm. They have they have launch control like any of those like uh, the Audi uh, R8s. Any of those cars that have those dual clutch transmissions, 
They're mm-hmm. doing the same thing. The OEM is doing it. That's how they launch because it's a clutch transmission. It has two clutches. Mm-hmm. And when they do the launch, it's it's doing the same exact thing. It's flipping the clutch. It doesn't just engage it because it'll blow the transmission apart. Yep. So that's yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so he, he says there's no one here in Hawaii has anything like that. And there are a lot of stick guys, mostly Volkswagens. Oh, yeah. That would be fantastic for them. As a matter of fact, did you guys see that? 10 second black Volkswagen that was at race. Insanity. Dude, that dude. So awesome. Oh, I, I talked it. to him. I talked to him quite a bit and he has a clutch slipper device that he had devised off of some type of thing for some industry. I don't even know what it was, but it's under his seat and it's really cool. And it freaking works. I mean, a 10 second bug that still has a VW motor in it yeah. with a turbo, yeah. it's air cooled. Yeah. Like, it was, it was wild, man. To, yeah, I was expecting to see an STI motor in there or something, and it was yep. still a VW motor air cooled. I was like, "That's badass." Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was crazy. He said, "Tins is a streetcar here in Hawaii." That's crazy. That's fast. Yeah, yep. that's that's crazy. That's awesome. Yep, and you know the cool thing about like I would think that that uh, region of the car scene would be very small. You know, like because you're on an island. You know, like so it's not you don't you're not going to another island. You know. To, yeah. to do that so yeah uh, yeah that's so wow. cool huh. that's pretty neat so you said volkswagen earlier what so is your daily driver some little shit box like a you got like a facade a golf what do you, what are you daily then no i have um so i have a 2015 uh volkswagen golf sport wagon tdi it's a 60 oh, sweet. yeah yeah um it's the very very first brand new car i ever bought um i bought it it's it's a kind of a funny story so um, my buddy Bill Leak again. He had a diesel Jetta, three hundred fifty thousand miles. He creamed an elk with it and pulled oh. the car. But I was like, yeah, because I drove Subarus and I do a lot of driving for for work, and um, like thirty thousand miles a year. Dang. And I was like, the diesel would be nice because he gets like forty fifty miles a gallon. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm gonna go test drive one because I'll buy a used one. Well, unbeknownst to me. The morning I went down to test drive one at the dealer was the first day they were allowed to sell these. They had a whole lot full of yeah. 2015 diesels that they hadn't been able to touch for two years because of the whole diesel gate thing. Oh, yeah. So, and they were giving 0% financing for five years. <laughs> I, I bought the car for like 22,000 bucks, brand oh new. That's brand crazy. new. Yeah. And so proceeded to do a couple of mods. I uh, put, uh, some really good headlights in it, like on the upper model uh, ones, uh, put a little bit bigger wheel on it. And then I put a Kerma tune on it and it's pretty awesome. Like it makes like 350 foot pounds of torque. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That and, is a fun little car. I'm sure. And I get like 44 miles a gallon. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, Hey, listen, 30,000 miles a year. If you're gaining like five miles per gallon over what you were, that's a big oh, swing. I went from a Subaru that got 24 miles a gallon, so I doubled it. So, so oh. the amount of the amount of cost savings in fuel alone pays for half of what the car payment was, and it's oh, 300 yeah. bucks a month yeah. because it's zero percent. So, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's pretty D- great. Dieselgate worked out in your favor for that one for sure. It sure did. It sure <laughs> did, and and yeah, the car is great. So. Yep. So. Um, if someone is super interested in getting themselves one of these now, like how, how do they do that? How do they, how do they buy one? How do they get a hold of you? 
So go through the website, um, bankshipphilly.com. We've got uh, Travis Foster, uh, if you know him, um, but he is he's helped me set up the website and do all that. Um, and we have it set up set up there with uh, the Shopify deal. Um, again, we're not we're not planning to be shipping any of the pre-orders until December because we're still getting manufacturing lined out, but we have time. So um, yeah, so that's about it. And like I said, we're we're working on developing 2.0 version for the OBD2 type stuff as well. And you can still use version one in an OBD2, but it'll be a much cleaner install with the second version. Well, I mean, like, you know, plug that thing in. It's so much easier for, mm -hmm. for maybe a novice um, new to performance uh, person, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and cost, because you mentioned it, and I'm sure people are asking. So version one is priced at 875, and people are gonna go, whoa, that's expensive. But let's think about when you don't have this and you go and you break your axle in your new car. <laughs> yeah. They're like at least that much, or you yep. blow up the transmission or you blow up the rear end. I mean, you're, you're in for a couple thousand bucks when you start blowing up that IRS stuff in the back. Yep. So this is significantly less money than that. And when it's set, you're not going to break that stuff because on a newer car, and some of them are very fast. Yeah. One of the first things people do is put a sticky tire on it. And as soon as they get traction, as we talked about earlier, yeah. you don't break stuff until you get traction. And once you do, you're going to start inducing some carnage. And yeah. this will help reduce that carnage because you're not shocking the drivetrain when you dump the clutch. Yeah. So uh, Richard, who is Dirty Panda on uh, YouTube, uh, he's been putting an LS240 together. And so he's, you nice. know, he's T56 set up in it. So he's going to, he's definitely going to be needing this because. Nice. Uh, he's coming after some of your, like his goal is some of your time, time, like ET time, uh, out of that car, uh, to run close to what you run or, or faster. So, well, at 240, he's probably got at least, at least a thousand pound advantage <laughs> already. So yep. yeah, yeah. Come get you some because it won't <laughs> be hard. A thousand pounds is, and honestly, you look at Garrett's car, Leroy, it's, yep. 800 pounds lighter than mine and a thousand pounds lighter than rich's car um you know if i dropped 800 pounds would my car run eight o's probably yep so that's crazy yeah it is it is but I, to to me personally uh it wouldn't be worth it to do that like with what your car is and yeah, like how what what i feel like how well it would drive you know just because of how much i see you drive it you know, um, I'm going to get us some seat, some passenger seat time in that thing next year, though, for deal, sure. Deal. And here, here's what I can tell you when it's raining outside. I just roll up the window. I don't <laughs> I don't need to put on a rain suit. I don't have to wear earmuffs. We have a conversation. Oh, and when it gets cold, I just turn the heat on. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's where it's at. Uh, we don't get to do that in the cart. It gets super cold. And uh, we you, were putting <laughs> we were putting cardboard on the doors. Uh <laughs> to try and knock some of the wind <laughs> off of us. So it, it wasn't yeah. as bad this year. The mornings uh, last year's 2.0 was pretty chilly. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting. So tell us what the future of, of Bankshift Billy is. I mean, you talked about a clutch line maybe. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a number of other products that uh, uh, we're going to be developing um, that don't have anything to do with stick shift racing. Um, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to spill the beans on what some of those are, but yeah, 
you don't have be two, some, there are going to be some game changers, I think, um, as well. Like, uh, like I'm just amazed that some people haven't come out with some of these things yet, but we're going to develop them and, and get That's them pushed cool. out there. So, yep. yeah. And, and then obviously, I mean, I think an OBD2 uh, port setup will be, I think that is game changer for what this is because it's super easy. Uh, App-based yeah. stuff. And it'll be a pass-through plug. So when they have their tuner or whatever they plug in, it's not yeah. going to hog the port. They can plug it right in the back. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. keep that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's even better. So, like, you know, I, I just think of, like, how, like, everybody could then use it. You know, it makes it, again, it makes it easy for a, for a novice person to throw this in and, yeah. and shave a little bit of time off of their, their ET or off of their, you know, street times or whatever. Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. So it's exciting. And and I, I I want to say thank you for, you know, inviting me to be on this and talk about it. Oh dude. Yeah. I love uh, it. I love it. I think so. Thanks. It's, it's super cool that you can take something that was uh, obviously something you felt like you needed and and then develop that and like come up with it. And you know, all that came out of your brain, dude. That's pretty cool. (laughs) It's been a little crazy the past for sure. Like, (laughs) like I, I have trouble with patience with myself mostly and three and a half years, it's been torturous really uh, has. I can so, only imagine, you know, and yeah. the, the cool thing is like, I, I would think, and this is my opinion, but once you get one in, that's not in your car, you get one in and it's like, Oh, somebody's like, Oh, do this, or it needs to do this. And, and you're making changes. Yeah. I would think that would completely re-energize me. It would just write to the moon. I'm, I'm back in the middle of it. Yeah. And honestly, um, Sean, Betty Subaru, it's been bottom nines. And I, I, I really believe that this, this will help put that car in the eights because it's all about the launch. He has all the traction available, yep. but they break a lot of transmissions because they don't make billet transmissions for the Subarus. Mm-mm. They're running stock trannies. Yeah. And he's making like 900 horsepower. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you combine that with all wheel drive traction's usually not your problem. Breaking <laughs> yeah. parts is. And yep. if you can control that clutch engagement down to the millisecond, it's, it's a, it's a game changer. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, uh, dude, I, I really want to say thanks. I want to say thanks to everybody that's watched tonight. Uh, it's been, it's been an awesome turnout. I, I really appreciate that from everybody. I, I do have a last favor though, for all the folks that are in the chat. Um, if you'll drop down, if you're on, uh, YouTube, if you'll drop down and make a comment in the regular comment section, that'll help us get back in like that'll help keep us in the rhythm with youtube and we would be super appreciative if you hadn't done it yet i mean you gotta hit the like button this dude just spent two and a half hours three hours we've been on uh on a work night a school night whatever it is uh talking to us about about cars and all that kind of stuff so and, and you know what i didn't even get into was this i I know. Like we didn't even, <laughs> hey, listen, I got time. It's only nine thirty here. <laughs> so, but I, I want to say thanks. You stay with me. Uh, I'm going to close this down.